Bob always smiles when this music goes. And I love he, it. But it's I by just, watching me it. doing my stretch. <laughs> I do my yoga stretch to start the episode. It's got a, it's got a good feel to it. Oh, yes. There's nothing better than the minutes before I leave for a ski trip with my son. What? You're going skiing today? Uh, I am leaving, yes. The next episode, I'm sure I'll tell you all about it. But yeah, I'm heading up north. The best snow in the state right now is Whiteface. The best snow in Vermont is Jay Peak. They just got 18 inches. So I promised my son when he was home on break that I would bring his scrawny butt so we're skiing Jay Peak two days and then going back to visit our friend Aaron Cook, who we've had on twice now on our episodes. All right. And Aaron is going to take my son and I around Whiteface. So we're going to hit nice. some of the... Nice uh, tour. Yeah. And we're going to hit some of the runs, hopefully, that Spencer and I have never hit. We'll have the GoPro going and hopefully we can bring back some footage for everybody. So I like that. Um, so here we are. We are, I think, I think this is episode... 19. Oh, I like 19. And I have a young man with us today. I'm going to introduce to all of you. I have not talked to him in depth, but his resume is impressive considering he's uh, age 23. He is a born and raised Rochester dude, just like me. He went to the wrong Greece high school, which is okay. (laughs) We won't hold that against him. But he, he is from the same town that I was born and raised. I was born and raised Graduate high school in 1990. So this gentleman uh, graduated at the end in 2013. So how I met him, because everybody knows that's the stupid way everybody knows that's how I like to start these episodes, is uh, we were at a bar called Rookies in Irondequoit, uh, which is the place I, I go on Thursday nights after I play basketball to uh, have some chicken wings, watch a little Thursday night football or some NBA hoops, depending on the time of year. Uh, with a friend of mine, and the, I always make friends with the waitresses, and one of the waitresses says, hey, I got a guy who could be on your podcast. And I'm like, really, what do you got? Oh, there's this kid, he owns a semi-private football team, da da he's 23, he's handsome, da-da-da. And I said, well, well, the next time he's in here, you're going you're gonna to tell him about me or what? Yeah, I'll tell him. Well, you know, she didn't say anything. Two weeks go by. Next thing you know, this young gentleman is in Rookies, with a couple of his friends, and I said to, to Brittany, I said, hey, introduce me. You going to introduce me, or do, what do we got going on here? I thought you were going to tell me about this guy. Oh, yes, right now. So she brought me over, and young Tommy was nice enough to say, yeah, I would love to be on your podcast. So for before I waste any more of your time, I want you guys to hear about him as well. His name is Tommy Love from Greece Athena. So everybody, a little shout out to Tommy Love. Hey, well, I appreciate it. Tommy Thank, Love. You for me. Thank you for having me. Oh, welcome, sir. So this is going to be a fun little episode. This is an athlete. This is a serious Roger athlete. So the high school that he graduated from, let's put a little context on it, has produced an NBA player, John Wallace, who I actually played ball with back in the day really? at English Village Park. Yep. <laughs> and I have reached out to recently, and I'm hoping to have him on a future episode. I'm putting that out there so I can the karma waves can come my way. But I got a couple <laughs> guys, a couple guys trying to track down John John for me. Uh, but Athena is a serious. Uh, it turns out some athletes, am I right? Oh Tommy? yeah, yeah. They have they have a couple of NFL players too. So please tell me, tell <laughs> us more about that. Yeah, give I, us more about Athena because I I could give you Arcadia stats. Athena, I w- all right. So real quick for everybody, there's three high schools, four high schools in Greece, Rochester, New York, Olympia, Athena, Apollo, or I'm sorry, Odyssey. Uh, 
What am I missing? Arcadia, Athena, uh, Olympia, Arcadia, and Odyssey. Athena, Olympia, and, yeah, and Odyssey. just Odyssey. Okay, that's the four. Um, so Arcadia is the best of the four, but he went to Athena. So so tell us something about Athena, <laughs> going to Athena, uh, the town of Greece growing up, a little bit of that. Man, I, uh, it's it's funny because um, I actually come from Gates. So I, I lived within Gates pretty much my whole life up until, uh, let's say, ninth grade, just about. So, you know, when I moved there, it was it was a different feeling because, you know, if you had that whole new thing of being in a new town and around new people and different stuff like that. So I didn't really know the history behind all the different schools. I just came in and was like, all right, cool. So, you know, you guys got three schools, but didn't know that they were heavy rivalry. So, um, you know, going in my ninth grade year, I was, I was blind to everything. Um, so I didn't really learn about the history of everything Hell, until maybe like my senior year. <laughs> so I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Um, but yeah, they, they, I went to school with John Wallace's, both of his sons actually, uh, John Wallace Jr. and uh, Joey Wallace. So they both were pretty good at, and um, hooping themselves. And then um, I, I think they had, they had multiple NFL players. I think they had like John Leisure was, was, I believe he went to the league. Um, they had a tight end too, but I can't think of his name, but yeah, I know he just played for my boys, the Colts. Uh, speaking of which, you know, we're playing today. So just in case you guys are. Oh, so we have a Colts fan <laughs> in the house. I love it. Yeah. I, I have a little burn against the Colts this year because I'm a Dolphins fan. Oh. And that was a rough game because we should have beat you guys, which probably would have catapulted us towards the playoffs. Instead, Luck, who uh, was on my fantasy team, so I'm not horrible at <laughs> a good game, but I love Andrew Luck. Right? Oh, yeah, man. He's he's having a heck of a year this year, and then he's got to be comeback player of the year. It's got to be. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy because it's like – I've always been around sports pretty much my whole life, uh, just watching them and, and trying to be a part of them and stuff like that, older cousins and whatnot. Um, so it's it's always been really big. But I, I wasn't too much – I didn't get too heavy into to football until late, late, until like my end of my junior year and uh, senior year. I was I was playing, but I wasn't what, – what should I say? I wasn't really 100% into it. You know, I was, I was more of a track guy because I felt like I was better at track than football. So – it was one of those situations. So, which one would you say is your passion now? Oh, now it's football, one hundred percent. Football, one hundred percent. I I don't even like seeing tracks at all. I don't even want to run. I'm good. So tell so tell me how young you were when you started like training for track. Uh, track. I started in the seventh grade, so I had to be what thirteen, probably younger than that, twelve, thirteen age. Yeah. So I was I was pretty much running, and um, when I got there, I don't know why I, I seen hurdles. And um, that was one event that nobody wanted to do. So because nobody else wanted to do it, I wanted to. So I was one of those guys that I wanted to do whatever everybody else didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it was one of those those biggest things. So seventh grade and eighth grade, I was that was my thought process. Okay, I'm on a run track, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing hurdles. <laughs> so you were doing the 100-meter hurdles? Uh, at the time, well, in middle school, we did 55. Oh, and yeah, yeah. In high school, I did the 110s. Yeah, so I did the 110s, the 400 hurdles, and then um, I did indoor track as well. So I did the 55-meter hurdles. How many times you bang your knee? Every time. <laughs> I, 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 that, that was just going to happen because it was like, yo, you're going so fast that at, at one point, it's almost like you're not even hurdling. You're just running straight and lifting your legs. So it's it's almost like boom, 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 and you're just hitting them. So. So to become numbing for you after a while? Yeah, after a while. Right? Yeah, you didn't feel it, right? Yeah, it was after a while. It was just, it was, eh, it happens. So what what level did you get to with with track? I mean, uh, up did you to sectionals or well, actually, I got the state qualifiers and tore my hamstring. So it, it was pretty pretty bad. Um, my was junior, that senior, 
junior year oh, I actually wow. I heard him um I heard it junior year and then uh senior year I came back and my injury was still kind of there so it didn't I never really got over it I still you know I still feel it these days it, it never really 100% healed I think um so you know I, I kind of lost a passion for it my senior years more so my junior year was probably my best year that I finished overall um I think I finished third in sectionals or something like that mm-hmm. um honestly off the top of my head I don't even remember no, but that's I know good. I, and I was it was it was pretty much up there I have the school I should have the school record in the 400 hurdles unless it got beat I don't know it might have <laughs> <laughs> do they have the track records on any of the boards at Athena like they up on the walls to. yeah they used to and um man I haven't been back to Athena in hell probably since I graduated I probably should go back there it probably makes sense <laughs> oh, you, you gotta you gotta go to a game you gotta find yeah, out like I, I the next to. team that's doing well you go and pop in and oh it's yeah, good yeah, energy, yeah. You know? I got to I got to I had bad blood with um with the school after <laughs> I graduated my senior year was wasn't too great so no 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 why is that just in general I, I just I'm curious. um I got into it with my coaches uh senior year because um senior year I was actually supposed to go to Olympia so we ended up moving to uh Maiden Lane right there mm-hmm. so when we moved um you know how they got those rules where it's like certain schools you can't transfer or you got to play for, you can't play for a year or something like that mm-hmm. which to me is so dumb just shook up the fact that it's high school it's not college you know so it's like or it's, it's not even like you're going to the nfl or anything like that so i understand the rules the principle of the rule but yeah, there's times when people move like life it, circumstances yeah, so you're screwed so you know we moved to maiden and um we well, obviously Maiden is Olympia's. Uh, so Main, he, for those of you who don't live in Rochester, New York, Maiden Lane is a is a street in Rochester that kind of splits the Olympia theme right. district kind of. Right. So it's it's on the same street that actually Olympia is on. So, you know, it's only literally right down the street from the school. So, you know, my father was like, well, it makes more sense for you to go to Olympia. So we were going through the process to transfer me over there. So um, I actually played in this seven on seven league called red penguin back in high school and um one of the coaches uh drew deru he actually was like you know what uh train you know come train with us whatever bring your cleats and um and go from there he's actually olympia's i believe he was a defensive coordinator at the time mm-hmm. so um he told me to, to come over to, to train and uh i went to one of the practices i went to two of the practices i'm sorry uh their head coach and everybody over there liked me so um i at the time i'm riding my bike you know, back and forth. I didn't have a car, obviously. So I'm riding my bike back and forth. I get home and I got nine missed calls. So I'm like, okay, that's weird. Um, where are they from? I'm looking at my phone and, you know, I call the number back and it happened to be my coach. He didn't pick up. So my mom's calling me and my dad's calling me. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So he was like, you know, your coach is looking for you. My coach? Like Coach Throne? He was like, yeah. I didn't even know he knew who I was. <laughs> so um, I was like, all right, cool. So I called him and he was pissed that I actually went to the school to go work out. So I'm like, really? I I didn't know it really was that big of a thing. So it turns out Coach Hill, which was the head coach over at Olympia, mm-hmm. um, he ended up pretty much kind of bragging <laughs> that I was over there and, and, you know, that I was I was balling out in their practice. So I'm like, all right. Cool. I mean, I guess it's it's kind of, you know, uh, props maybe? No. <laughs> this is, you're mentioning names. So Coach Sharon is a, is is, a is well-respected, the, yes, his dad is yes. a well-respected individual in Section 5 football. Yes, he uh, actually just retired this year. Um, and they actually just named my old defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Husband. He's he's actually the new head coach. Um, so, you know, uh, Rob Sharon actually just retired. So, um Coach Ron and I, you know, just we started button heads a little bit from there. Um, 
he he basically wanted me to be a little bit more loyal to the school. He felt like it was a little bit of unloyalty, which I, I get now, you mm-hmm. know. But in high school, I'm like, uh, seriously, I'm balling. Yeah, it's like seriously, I'm just trying to get better. Like it is what it is. I didn't care what school I went to. I just want to play. So you know, um, we all got into it a little bit, and uh, throughout my senior year, they kind of gave the nod to this young kid that was. You know, I, I felt like I was better than um, in the seven on seven Red Penguin. He actually was in the, the the same team as me, and I started over him. So it was just funny to me that you know a lot of the guys that were in Greece or the other schools they know who I am because I led the like I, I was a face of Red Penguin. Like I was one of the faces of Red Penguin. I mm-hmm. scored the most touchdowns, interceptions, everything. So yeah, great, at the at the time, time, you know, they're like, all right, cool. Well, why is Tommy not playing? Uh, Ask my coach. I don't know. So, you know, we got into a little bit and um, I was supposed to actually go to Franklin Pierce right after college. I lost my scholarship. Um, I had a half scholarship that I was supposed to go on and I was supposed to earn the other half. And uh, they wanted me to, you know, pretty much fulfill different things. And it was kind of like a character thing. They felt like, you know, it was a little bit because all of a sudden you're not playing, you're not getting playing time. So what is that What's about? What's wrong? Yeah. What'd you do? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, nowadays I understand everything that happened back then. It was like, man, seriously? Like you guys are. I just want to play. Yeah. I just want to play ball, man. <laughs> I don't care about the other stuff. So it's, But you know, really, you know, you're young to have that perspective and not be still tainted by it. I'm impressed. Yeah. That, that shows who you are and who your family is. Right. I'm impressed. And, and you know, um, my, my family wasn't, I'm not going to say they weren't supportive when it came to sports, but they, they, they worried more about schoolwork than anything. He he was my dad was more so like, you know, your schoolwork's gotta be top notch. If your schoolwork's not good, then you're not playing sports. And that's part of the reason I didn't play in my eighth grade year in football. Just you know, just because my grades weren't there. My grades aren't there, you're not playing ball. Um I was late playing in ninth grade. So that's kinda like goes back to why I wasn't so big into football. Cause um I missed a year and a half. So it was like, you know, I I just played just just because, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was good back then. It was like, eh, it is what it is. I didn't get told I was decent or good until maybe my junior year um, by a guy named Noah Fahrenbach, which is he's he's very well known around here, too. Yeah, football. Name, yeah. yeah so um, he's he's actually one of the, my favorite coaches, <laughs> just strictly off the fact that, you know, he was the one that gave me that edge. Like he was like, you got a chip on your shoulder, use it, you know, Um so I, I I speak to him nowadays. He's my financial advisor, and uh, he's not too happy with me right now because I don't I don't advise my money right. So <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's pretty funny. Um, but you know it's it's in in school back then it was just you know we butt heads a lot. I just felt like I I didn't get a fair shake when it came to my senior year. So um, after I graduated, I I just said screw it. Um, I worked instead of going to school. Uh, I was told that I couldn't play football, and uh, I was going to go to Alfred State. And then uh, they wanted me to retake my SATs before I could play. So at that time, you know, if you think about it, when you got to take your SATs, that's not until the school year starts. Anybody that knows college football knows that, you know, the season starts way before the school year starts. Yeah, like seven weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> not I'm, to mention you got to qualify with all your standards. Exactly. So now you got to think about this. I'm missing seven, eight weeks of practice, the whole nine yards. So now I got to play catch up. I got to take the SATs come out beat out whoever's there and then still try to get on the radar of the coach Ah, i'm good so Mm -hmm. i just i you know i just said screw it um my junior and senior year i was in womoko for uh, auto body so um i won a few scholarships through that to go to also you know to help pay for school and stuff like that so i pretty much was like you know what 
I'm just going to say screw school and just go to work. So I worked for uh, Sterling Automotive for for a few few years. Um, they ended up getting bought up by Service King. And over time, it was just work. So I never really thought about going back to Athena ever. <laughs> so it was like I felt like it was a big reason on why I didn't go to school is because I didn't have that great senior year that I wanted and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I just never I've always used that as a chip on my shoulder pretty much. It was like, you know what? I didn't play. I, I felt like the coaches didn't feel like I was good enough to do it. So if the coaches don't feel like I'm good enough to do it, then maybe I'm not, you know. And yeah. I, and that that was my mindset for a while until I finally just I snapped out of it. I played Red Penguin for a while, like I said. Um, they were around for three years. I had – I think I averaged six or seven touchdowns a game <laughs> at receiver or corner. So, so you got good hands or speed or what? Kind of yeah, I'm fast. So, I mean, my hands are, are decent. Um, they used to be better, I feel like. Over time, they've they kind of lacked off a little bit. I've dropped some some good passes that I shouldn't have dropped. So, <laughs> I had actually I had one last year that was pretty bad. I could have won us the game, and um, I dropped one. So Uh-oh. that's that's my biggest thing. You're pretty season. self. You're, you look at yourself. I like that. Like, oh yeah, you accept yeah. what happens. Right? Yeah, every everything that happens, man, I gotta accept it. And um, because you know you, you can't you can't deny things because otherwise you the more that you deny it, the more it's gonna haunt you, and the more you're gonna keep doing that same thing unless you actually accept what's gonna happen. You know, so. That's one of my biggest things is is that you got to harp on it. If you if you got something that happened, you know, deal with it, get over it, and go through it. And that's that's pretty much how I got through that. Um, so I ended up, you know, playing for a team called the Monroe County Sting. I, I miss football so much, man. I, I was working and I felt like I was I was aging too fast. I was 18 years old, you know, working in the body shop, and it was either it was just work seven yeah, to five. So you you felt like at this point you're grinding. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you graduated. You got your diploma, right? Yep. Think, right. Yep. So would you consider yourself a little bit of a late bloomer in some way? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's especially just because I I just felt like um I never gave myself that full go. Like I feel like um if I had the work ethic, so I had a good work ethic, but it wasn't towards sports. It was towards everything else. It, it was it was towards trying to get a car. It was trying. It was towards working. Heck, it was towards trying to get the new girls I was in school and stuff like that. It, of course, yeah. It, it was more stuff than sports. And I feel like if if I would have worked ten times as hard trying to get to sports i probably wouldn't be here today i probably wouldn't be talking to you guys right now i, I would be somewhere else mm-hmm. i'll be in school or i would have just graduated trying to go pro or something or, like that or you'd have a blown out knee wondering yeah, why did you exactly, take this route exactly right? i mean the negative side of it could have been it, too yeah right? like, so so to me everything happens for a reason so um that's the biggest reason why i don't like i said i don't harp on it i just keep going and and you know it's like you got to get through because I mean, I, I like you just said, I could have blown out of my knee, shoot my freshman year, <laughs> and never played football again, or anything could have happened. Could have got hit by a car. <laughs> That's right. So anything could have happened. You know. So you got siblings, or you? Or, yeah, I got a. I have an older sister. Okay. Um, she's actually part owner of my team. So um, it was just me for a while, and I needed help. So I brought her on, and she's been helping me out with the team. All right, it's deep breath time. Ah. All right, because this this dude's twenty three. <laughs> we've already talked about Moko. We've talked about the high school. Like like he's living a full life already. So I want to interject. We do this thing. We've been neglectful the last couple of weeks. So we need to put it back in. Our fact fiction jury is still out. Is about something because you own 
so what we talk about is you are part owner of a semi-pro football team, right? Correct. So you have players that you have to manage. Correct. Okay, so this is why I want to interject this now. Let's go. Because I'm a firm believer through my experiences that cannabis and exercise are one. So, Bob, what do you have prepared for us as our fact, fiction, and jurious still off of the week? So I think our fact or fiction or jury stir out should be should you be smoking cannabis before a workout okay i know we've talked about this in the past we we're going to ask tommy here what his opinion is on the cannabis plant Uh, but i'm going to give my opinion first i believe it is good i described my qualifying for the boston marathon first time i was high as a kite did four bong hits when i ran the rochester marathon i ran a 311 23 marathon and qualify for Boston. I also learned through one study, a little bit of information that THC actually increases in your bloodstream 15% while you exercise. So my opinion is that it is a positive yes. So Tommy, first of all, what's your opinion of the cannabis plant, past and current, because I think it might have changed. <laughs> uh, and in general, um, then let's broach that conversation. Well, hold on, let's go with Bob first. Bob, before you did your research, what was your opinion? Before I did my research, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, it was not beneficial. Okay. You would say it was negative to do it. I would say it's been not very, uh, not very negative, but yeah. before I did my research, I would say negative. Yeah. Negative. Okay. So now Tommy, I want to get into you owning the team. Mm-hmm. Okay. And managing players. But first let's talk about the canvas side and then gradually just start talking and about you back. being a semi-pro. That's, that's fine. Um, I... My past side, back in high school, man, I was I was really against it, one hundred percent. I was against it. Is that because like family, religion, like uh, it was that more kind of so thing, my right? dad, like you know, raising raising us. It was always you know, weed is bad. It's on a third of, and then it came out um, that he used to smoke everything under the sun. So, <laughs> so well, weed side. Let let me correct that. <laughs> weed. Um, he used to smoke a lot. Man, yeah. yeah, he used yeah. to smoke a lot, and then um. He he said he got so high one time that it it messed him up. So he was so sick <laughs> that he went to the hospital. He couldn't tell him what was wrong. Um, he just had anxiety, probably yeah, had a panic attack. Exactly, right? yeah, it, that's it, the it hit him. Thing. Yeah. It hit him pretty heavy. And then um, and th- he said this was back when he was like eighteen, and my mom took him to the hospital. <laughs> so uh, I laughed at him. I thought it was hilarious, but I was mad because it was like you told me for years, you know, not to smoke just because it was bad. And my whole family—that's all they did. You know, my dad's side of the family, rather, they—that's all. All, most of them did was just smoke so it was mm-hmm. like it was pretty frowned upon when it came to us so it was like something that we never really got into and never really was interested in i should say mm-hmm. nowadays um shoot my mom or not my mom my sister she probably smokes <laughs> a lot her um her fiance he smokes so you know every everybody on that side smokes me i just Every once in a while, you know, if I'm if I'm out hanging out and everybody's doing it, then that's fine. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. My daughter's mom, she smokes, so her whole family does. So it's like I'm always around it mm-hmm. regardless. So it's like, eh, nowadays it's, it doesn't bother me. You know, it doesn't bother me not to. It doesn't bother me too. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. So what's your opinion on the state and how we're going to, it looks like New York State's going to be legalized very soon. Are you are you excited just with your whole family knowing what they do and the fact that it's a, a little it's, bit of relief for everybody? It's a little bit or? of relief. Yeah, actually that part I'm pretty cool with, Um, but I'm actually excited to see the results, you know, because cause I've, I've, over the past few years, you know, everybody talks about how it calms you down and it, it keeps you happy and stuff like that. Um. 
I I know in 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 this world a lot more people probably should be smoking it because we got some angry people around, man. Amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> we got some angry people, man. So it's it's I think if if it can help that way, you might as well legalize it. I mean, I'm not a not a really big smoker, but hell, I I probably get a couple puffs myself. <laughs> this is a young man. That's that is a smart statement because I I'm older than you. I'm 46, and I would say that. At your age, I wouldn't have said there's a lot of angry people around. The percentage is a lot higher, and you recognize that it's oh, higher. Yeah. You didn't see the other side of it, where really I was kind of brought up in the South. I was born in 72, so the 70s, okay. and, and my family had a business growing up. Uh, so it was one of those things where it was a lot more peace and love. Right? Right, but right. now the city streets and here in Rochester, there is a lot more angry people around and you yeah. see it. And yeah. Do you, your friends see the same thing too? Do they see the, like that um, it's excessive? I, I don't know. I, I haven't really had that conversation with them, so I can't really tell them exactly. Well, you know, I, I can't tell you exactly what they think. Um, I personally, I, I think possibly, um, like I said, I, I've, I've known for, like there's some people that I know that didn't smoke before and now they smoke now that they're pretty much happier. My, my daughter's mom, for instance, <laughs> was one of them. You know, when we were together, um, I, I like I said, I was one of those biggest people where it was like I was really against smoking. Um, you know, every once in a while is fine, but not every day. Like it's like, all right, you know, tone it down a little bit because it's just that's just how I was. But I got to the point where I was like, all right, screw it. You know, you do what you want. It is what it is. I'm not going to get mad at you. Yeah. And I will say when she smokes, she's a lot happier. <laughs> so that I, I I will agree to. And um, and I will say she, she definitely is happier. So like I said, looking at results wise, I mean, that's a live result right there. <laughs> when she smokes, she's a lot happier. So. Eh, I'm, I guess I'm pretty cool with that. I like that. So you just you see the results, how someone reacts, mm -hmm. and you say it, it looks healthy to them. It's helping them as a person. Helps you deal with them, right? Just personally, right. And probably, right? And right. So you being in your early 20s, you probably go out to the bar scene probably more than me. Do you see when people are drinking really excessively, like the dullness, or or what do you see? Yeah. Like what do you see when you go out? When they well, you know, when I go out. Um, I don't go out often. I, I go out every once in a blue moon. Um, I'm just not one of those type of people. I've always been the the homebody and hanging out, and I, I play video games stuff like that before I go and and you know and go and spend money and on you know drinks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I go out every you know if if a few people are going out, I go out. But I never been a big drinker. I never been a smoker. It's always been you know big on my my excuse the whole time was I'm an athlete, so I'm not doing it. Um, and now these days, obviously that is a false statement because <laughs> you get more athletes that smoke than not smoking. So, um, you know, I, that's funny. That's just <laughs> what you see. And yeah, it's, right? it's, it's just funny, you know, and then that at bars and stuff like that, it's, it's mostly beers that you see everybody drinking and consuming. Um, you get a couple people that act a little wild and stuff like that. Like only places that I really go to as far as bars would be, um, I've been to Marshall's a few times, um, and and rookies other mm -hmm. than that i don't i don't really go out man i I just i hang out at home i watch the game and people you know go out cool but so how did you become an owner of a football team uh, and tell me a little bit about the semi-pro football team here or uh scene in rochester and in this region because i'm very intrigued by this so i definitely want to talk about this okay so back in 2014 i played for the monroe county sting um they are the uh 
they were at the time the back-to-back national champions at the time um they're a really good team in rochester that i I will give them they were obviously you know my rivals now but back then they had started up um and i had this this outdoor indoor outdoor Outdoor semi-pro team. Okay, yep. so you're talking 11 on 11, right? 11 11, full contact, the whole nine yards, just mm-hmm. like you see on Sundays. So, yep. um, excuse me, at the time, there was uh, this guy that I actually trained with named uh, Russell Hobbins. And Russ actually was like, you know what, if you're not going to go to school, get into something. Like, you are you have too much talent to just sit at home and, you know, not do anything and, and not play football. So um, at the time, you know, I was like, all right, cool. No, not a problem. So he told me about um, the Monroe County Sting team that he played for. He honestly got hurt. So I, he got hurt playing for them. He blew out his knee and was never playing again, never played again. So it, it kind of got me to the point where I was like, man, do I really want to put myself in that position? You know, I'm, I'm working full time. So can I actually do that? So uh, he was like, you know, go to tryout and, and check it out. I went to a tryout. Um they liked me from there. Uh, at the time, I was 17. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the youngest guy that plays for you guys, you know. So it is what it is. By the time, I was a lot faster than what I am now. <laughs> so I was just blowing past their their best corners. They're starting corners. I'm blowing past them. They're, they can't even get the ball there. But at the time, my biggest, you know, weakness was my hands because I came from playing corner. I played corner for – my whole career. I played corner, I played quarterback, and I played running back. I never had to catch the ball. I never played receiver. Noah turned me into a receiver. So I was like, you know, I don't, I'm not really a good receiver, but I'll play it. It's what it is. I was always small, 5'8". So they were like, you know what, go ahead. So I, you know, I'm blowing past them and whatnot. Um, I was a starting receiver our first game. First game, I didn't get not one target. <laughs> I was the blocking receiver. Smallest receiver on the field, but I'm blocking. So I'm like, all right, cool. It is what it is. Second game, they got their return of uh, returning players. So um, they played with their returning players, and um, they ended up getting their playing time. You know, I started becoming kind of like the shadow after a while. So I was like, all right, you know, it is what it is. Um, I ended up painting the team's helmets back when I worked in uh, the body shop. And um, their team owner, uh, you know, him and I butted heads a little bit. I painted the helmets. He was supposed to pay me for eight of them. So at the time, I think I was charging maybe like $35 a helmet. So, you know, he he was he never paid me. So I was like, all right, you know, it is what it is. I'm playing on the team. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be playing. It is what it is. So I was like, you know, just get me back at the end of the season. So a few more players came. He asked me to paint theirs. So I'm like, all right whatever it is what it is so I I ended up painting a total of like 50 helmets I think it was I only got paid for half of them so I'm like all right it is what it is you know I I sprayed them I just need the money so that way I could pay for the material it's not coming out of my check you know my job is on the line because you know the materials aren't paid for yet I'm I'm not getting fired for you guys I don't like you that much so um he ended up basically telling me screw off. <laughs> so he was like, you know what? I'm I'm good. You know, you can do whatever you want to. So I was like, you know, that's not how you run a business, man, like at all. So he was like, if you don't like how I run business, then go do your own thing. Cool. Don't got to tell me twice. That following year, <laughs> Upstate Predators were born. So I started my own team. Um, I asked a few people how to do it. And they pretty much just said, get people. Um, you got to get your own DBA and, um, and stuff like that. So... I took the time. I, I took my happy behind up to um, downtown, got my DBA for it, got on Facebook, made a group page, 
and I had about like 50 people that were interested in playing. Um, so my first year was terrible. I'm, I'm going to say that off rip. Uh, we only ended up having 17 people. Our registration was like 50 bucks just to play. And it cost like 500 to get into the league. So obviously all that money was coming out of my pockets, mm-hmm. you know, straight out. So I'm like, all right, that's what it is. Um, three games in, we were 0-3. So I'm like, yo, we're losing money. We're losing players. Players are getting hurt left and right. I lost my starting quarterback. I was hurt. Um, we lost it like two or three more people after that. So I'm like, ah, we're going to have to slow it down. Um, so we ended up getting rid of our whole staff. Like I just fired everybody. Um, I was like, yeah, nobody can't pay him. Right. Yeah. yeah no, nobody's nobody's doing everything the right way. So I, I fired my staff. I brought my dad on as a head coach. I brought my uncle on as the office coordinator, my other uncle's defense coordinator. Um, so we played our last game. Our last game, we lost 27 to, like, 13, I think it was. Um, and that was our last game that we played that season. Uh, the the league that we were in just wasn't trying to back us at all. So um, that that Monday, I was like, all right, well, we're going to have to figure something out. Um, I ended up getting into a motorcycle accident, and uh, I was I was out, so I couldn't play. So we ended up being down to 12 people on the team. So I'm like, listen – 12 people trying to go to Pennsylvania. We got to go to Pennsylvania on Saturday. I'm just going to fold up shop. So uh, I folded the team for that season. We held back. Um, we didn't play for that season at all. You know, said, you know, screw it. We're going to just be back next year. We're going to regroup. We know what it takes now. Mm-hmm. We're going to go into next year, regroup. Um, the following season, we went into the season with 35 players. Uh, registration ended up going to 150. So when it went to 150, now it's like, all right, everything's not coming out of my pockets. We get sponsorships. I went to Rookies. That was my first official sponsorship. So um, I'm forever grateful for Rookies. Um, so we we went there, got that. We ended up getting East High School as a home field. So I'm like, man, like this is, this is my dream. This is exactly what I said I was going to do. So at 18, um, I had my own team and stuff like that. So I'm the youngest semi-pro owner in Rochester history, probably of all time. History of the world. <laughs> probably of all time. I don't know any, any 18-year-olds that's thinking about having a semi-pro football team. I'm sorry. Um, I just don't see it. There I, isn't. You're yeah. right. Because <laughs> I didn't even – there's not even a 21-year-old that, that's doing it because they don't want to. They don't want that there's responsibility. There's 17, 18-year-olds that'll spend thousands of dollars rebuilding a car. This dude spent a couple <laughs> grand trying to start a semi-pro football team. Exactly. So, exactly. All right, so your tune comes around now because I'm enthralled now. I want to yeah, hear this whole – so, so pro- your, your tune comes comes around um we lose our first so we played the rochester renegades which was a team that's been around since maybe like the the early they play nationally as well yeah yeah probably like the 80s they were there were a team around um larry williams rest in peace he actually just passed away a couple years ago he he ran that team for years um we lost to them twice that our first year so I, i want a revenge so we played them our first game at east high school we had over 300 people at the game game was sold out pretty much we were just letting it have it um probably the biggest game in predator history that that i will say Play them first game, man. They won on a last second punt return for a touchdown. Um, and of course, it's a player that's been my rival since I started <laughs> playing football. Uh, you know, so Hopefully I, he went to Arcadia. I, nah, he, um, he actually, I think he went to Franklin or something like that. I don't know where he went, but it, it's been a player that you know, I, I talk crap to him all the time. I, I personally don't think he's better than me. He thinks he's better, <laughs> he thinks he is. You know, we go back and forth, it is what it is. Um, he's got the W, baby. Yeah, exactly, man. I, I, I can't, I can't take that away. So he's right now, he's beating me three to two. So, 
Um, he got the punt return, took it back to the house, and I'm like, man. So that whole fourth quarter, um, we we drove the field. Last play of the game, we gave it to the running back. He only had two yards to go, literally two yards. The hole was like – it was huge. He could have just went through it. He bounced outside and got tackled by the corner at the one-yard line. Clock goes to zero. We lose the game. So it, it had to be like the most nerve-wracking loss – like, cause I'm like, man, we wanted that game, but I wasn't pissed. I wasn't mad at all. I'm like, all right, it's what it is. Good progress. And yeah. So the following week, you know, we go and we play a team called, um, I believe it was the Southern Tier game we played. Um, we played them. We blew them out, like I think forty to thirteen or something like that. We finished that season, uh, two and four, I want to say. So in two seasons we've only got two wins we got a losing record i'm like all right man this isn't looking good but we're we're growing i i get we're progressing and stuff like that but it's not looking good um end of the season my head coach of that year ended up kind of flaking on me so i'm trying to figure out why you know i treated my family the whole nine yards and um come to find out he was trying to build a team from internally in my team um so it was kind of like some some backstabbing stuff going on are you kidding me yeah yeah it it was it was pretty bad man it he started a group page on facebook didn't add me or my sister or my um my office coordinator at the time he took us out and was adding players from the team so he started the team called the charlotte colonials Mm -hmm. um and i'm like all right man that's that's pretty screwed up you know it is what it is he took 60% 60% of my roster with him. They were, he told him, you know, we got into it a lot and this time the third or whatever. He was telling them, you know, false lies and selling false hope mm-hmm. and started his team up. So that first year or his first year, you know, they had a pretty good season, um, but it was my damn roster. So I'm like, come on, man, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So that our third year, we, we joined um, the NFA. That's the Northern um northern football alliance which is the league that we're in now northeastern football alliance right yep. northeastern yep okay. northeastern so Wait, what states does that encompass so that one's just new york state um but it it goes pretty much all the way around so um it's we got rochester teams we got buffalo teams um there's a team in Broome County. There's uh, Auburn. There's it, it goes all the way around. So you know, our furthest travel would be probably to Troy, New York. Um, maybe maybe further. You know, we got Watertown as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's you know give or take. So we we had um, we joined that league, and of course at the meeting that's our first year or you know that's our first meeting there. He walks in. He's got everything with for the Colonials, and I'm I'm pissed because I'm like yo. You left my team, you started your own team, you know, you got majority of my roster and you're doing everything that I, like every idea that I had, I told him, like, I'm, I, I believe in you. I'm telling yeah. you everything. He took all my ideas and ran with it. And the dude had the nerve to do better than what I had ideas for. I'm like, man, you killing me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had Adidas uniforms, the whole nine yards. Now me, I'm a Nike guy. So, and he knows that he, he hates Nike. He goes Adidas. So um, I'm like, all right, cool. So he had Adidas uniforms. He's got everything, everything labeled out. He's got the team behind him, the schools behind him. I'm like, man, all right, you know, I, I can't hate on you. You got it. You got it. Everything that you're supposed to get. Bravo. Now make it happen. So um, they voted him down to the double A. So now I'm um, explaining the league really quick. So No, don't do quick. Yeah, explain the way. Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. So no, take your time. They got the triple A and they got a double A in our league. So the double A is 
pretty much the weaker teams. They're the teams that only have like 17 to 20 players or there's pretty much less than 30 players on your team. You're you're pretty much in the double A. Um, if you got over that, you're in the triple A, which are most of the, the hardened teams. So you got like the Lockport, which which now is the Lockport Wildcats. They were the Lockport, uh, Lockport Rampage. Um, they're Lockport Rampage before their Wildcats now. Um, they were a nationally ranked team. Uh, the Monroe County Sting, they're a nationally ranked team. The Buffalo Spartans were a national ranked team. Um, it'd be us and there was another Hamburg Hornets. So those are the teams that are in the West. That's um, a lot of Buff- that's a lot of Buffalo teams. Yeah, I didn't realize there was that many players. Yeah, it was, it's a lot. So you got those teams, and then in uh, the AA, you got teams that you know when they had the just East and West were teams that didn't win more than two games. So those are the teams that are in the AA. So they swept that whole division, beat everybody twice, and they lost to a team that they beat twice. And they actually lost to them in the playoff game. And they, I think they lost by like two or three touchdowns or something like that. Like they got whooped. Um, and to me, it was kind of like a karma thing. I was like, you got whooped by a team that phew, couldn't even sniff us. Like we we whooped them and you guys lost in the playoffs. So to me, that's my one up. You know, they, they went undefeated in the regular season. They got whooped in the playoffs. So it was like, you know, it's a totally different game. Um, so that following year, we go to the meeting. He's trying to stay down in double A. So you, the a-hole that I am, nope, no, 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 don't keep them down. Bring them up. Bring the bad boys up. They had an undefeated season. They they ended up telling us that they were only going to have 25 players. You guys got, what, 50 players on your team? Nah, bring them up. Come on. You need competition. They came out. They started getting their boots smoked left and right. So I was like, this is the reality of, of this league. You guys wanted this so bad, you know, and now you got it. Like, you're, you're getting whooped. No, this is happening. We played our first game. It was all bad blood. We beat them their first game. Um, they actually they played a pretty good game. Um, they they had a fourth quarter comeback pretty much where they could have won uh, their last drive. They're at the 20, fourth down. Their quarterback spiked the ball. I don't know why. It wasn't very smart. <laughs> spiked the ball on fourth down. He said that they're – Lost possession, yeah. Yeah, a lot, you know, lost possession, got the ball back, and, you know, we ended the game. So to me, I'm I'm one up on them, and then um, we played them later in the season, and that was a game that I was just talking about earlier, where I could have closed the game out with the catch. We ended up tying that game with them, so now our record last year was like, I think it was five three and one because we tied with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm pissed. <laughs> like it's a good record though. I mean, yeah, talk about a strong it's still five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we we played uh, first round in the playoffs. We lost the Lockport team first round of playoffs. Um, we just didn't have a strong showing. So, you know, from over years, we, we progressively gotten better. As long as the years go, we progressively got better. We got more players. Um, we got more organized. We knew what we were going to be running into. Um, so that's that's the hugest thing is just what do you know is going to happen and what did you prepare for? So it's easier to prepare for the money once you know what's going to be, you know, coming out this way. So we ran into multiple issues last year that were just all field bs that we had to deal with that you know it was a lot of stuff that negatively impacts the city you know and it's it's pretty bad because if anything goes wrong in, in this city now if anything goes wrong with one semi-pro team they put on their umbrella for all of them um because semi-pro has a really bad rep in america in general um just 
is that because of injuries or is it because that anybody can start a franchise and lose a franchise so quickly? I mean, well, well no, it's, it's, it's more so because you got, you got knuckleheads, man. You got people that, that play for, for teams and they don't care, you know, so they do whatever. Um, back in the early two, I want to say early two thousands, it was either not early two thousands, it was like mid two thousands where, um, there was a game, there was a team called the Cougars, um, Rochester Cougars or something like that. And there was a player that that didn't like one of the calls from the referee. The dude took his helmet off and he hit the referee in the face, like from behind too. Yeah, so it was like you know, you, you certain stuff you can't do, man. It's it's you do that, and then now it, it made national news and they shut a lot of stuff down. So now we already got a black cloud. Like that's no matter what, I don't care what we do. There's gonna be a black cloud forever for that. And then you run into different things where guys are stealing helmets from high schools. That was our biggest episode last year. It was a team that, you know, somebody just and we don't even know if it came from a semi pro team, but they just know that it happened. So they were, you know, they blamed all semi pro team. So they pulled all the high school fields all season. So now my sister and I, we had to run around and try to find a field for every game. So it was so much going on last year that it was like, man, like. You're trying to work win. a full-time job at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, man, like I can't win. Like how, how do I get past this? So this year, you know, we we mended with, you know, the city and we talked to him the last couple of games. Now, it's funny because Carlo, which is the owner of the Charlotte Colonials, um him and I had a lot of differences. You know, we we butt heads a little bit still. Well, we were, you know, some best buddies back in, you know, when he was yeah, my yeah, coach. Yeah. Yeah. I went to his house. He came to mine. You know, we played football. Talked to him when he moved down to Texas. The whole nine yards. Talked to his family. All that. Good friend. Yeah. So, you know, I, I still got bad blood with him because of what he did. I still feel like it's a backstabbing thing. No, I don't trust him. I tell him that to his face every day. Um, But, you know, I, we had to, to kind of join forces kind of because it's like these other teams are – what's causing Rochester to be bad. We both have a vision Mm -hmm. for semi-pro to actually come back to life a little bit here. So it's like we got to work together in order to do it. So that's probably my only ally (laughs) slash rivalry (laughs) here. So, you know, we work together to try to get stuff done here. Um, You know, I talked about his team a little bit, but right now he's, he's my biggest opponent. You know, he's got one of the top teams in Rochester. You know, yeah, we beat him, but... They get stronger just as much as we get stronger. His product is great, you know, so I'm I'm not gonna down down that one at all. But I put out a great product myself. So it's it's going back and forth, you know, trying to get Rochester to be back on the map to where we need to be. Um so, you know, these other teams every year there's another team that comes up. It's so tiring. Last year we started with six in Rochester. Six semi pro teams roster in how many leagues? Just the one, just the trying, yeah, league. just just the one that we're trying to get into. So, so there's how many semi pro leagues are there out there? How does it work nationally? Like you, you said, teams honest. are ranked nationally. So yes. you guys pl- go through your playoffs, win your league, and then you potentially could get affiliated with a national organization that gives you a national right. kind of champion. Is that how right. it goes? Right. So they, so they have. Um, it's weird. So, so like, there's like four different national championship or slash bowl games to me honestly i think they're all bowl games because there's no way to really declare a national champion unless you have like each region's champions play each other and that's going to go on forever so it's like yeah there's only so many weeks in the year yeah how, how how many games can you possibly get like they would have to literally have multiple bowls just like college like there's no way to really declare it so what they do is um 
they have a Daytona. They they got one in Daytona. They have one in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and they got one in uh, California somewhere. And then they have another in New Orleans. So there's a total of about four national championships. Uh, California and New Orleans, I know nothing about. And, you know, I've, I've heard about them, but I, I don't know enough about them to look into it, to be completely honest with you. Um, we I've watched the Monroe County Sting win multiples in, at Daytona and Fort Lauderdale. Uh, this year, I'm actually going down with the Harlem Gators um, in, from New York to go down and, and play with them. Their head coach actually invited me to play down. So I'll be playing there uh, next Saturday um, down there. So they have multiple, you know, things that you can do to get down there. It's, they, they mostly go by your ranking. So what they do is there's a national leaderboard that's there. Um, what you do is you send in your records. So if I was, if we had 10 and 0 or whatever, so you, you get an automatic 10 games plus playoffs is there are three games in the playoffs. So you would be potentially 13 and 0, but they count preseason games as well. So the 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 goal is to try to get as many games undefeated or just the, get the best the games record. right from the minute you can start getting games you exactly games. so in may end of may um what i did was i scheduled a game i scheduled um two games to play so we win those two games it goes on to our national record we play our regular season we play our throw all the way through the playoffs this year i'm hoping we you know obviously we're gonna get to the championship and win it and um, it's going to be easier to get a bid to national the national bowl, so it's a lot easier to do stuff that way. Um, you know, some teams they go in with two losses, so they they can get a chance to bid in and and get it going or whatever. Um, so that's really how it goes, pretty much. It, it's more so like you know you got to wait to get a bid. You get an email if your owners get the emails like all right your record was good enough or your head to head record was good enough and stuff like that, so they get in that way. Are they sending scouts around to look at teams? No. Or is it if you're that good, you obviously have to you be just, quality? Yeah, you, you just – because a, a, a lot of people talk, you know, and, and the semi-pro world is huge, but a lot of people talk. They're like, all right, well, this team from Rochester, you know, they went to Buffalo and they beat this team, that that Buffalo team beat this – you know, and, and it goes like that. Okay, so, so that's how you look at Who do you beat? Who right. did you beat? Exactly. And how good is their um, – how good is the – how are they looked at? What's the right. perception of that team, that organization? Exactly. So it, it's more so like a history thing. You know, it's like, well, this team won three national championships and they got whooped 40 zip. Who is this team that beat them? Like, who are they? Now so you're on the radar. Exactly. You get on the radar, you start beating teams, and then you start sending in your record, and it's like, all right, cool, they're 3-0. They're Let me look into this team. You know, the teams they're beating, they're going, and that's how they – that's pretty much how you get on the national board, you know. So um, a lot of the, the top teams are from this side of, of the country. It's, you know, this New York area. So there's, there's many teams in the in the New York area. Like there's a Harlem team, there's a couple Brooklyn teams and stuff like that that they actually really pay attention to. Um, obviously, Rochester's had one of the best teams in the past two decades in the Monroe County Sting. So trying to dethrone them is, is the biggest the biggest thing, you know. So this year they're supposed to be folding up. We'll see. But I don't know. We'll now, see. Now, did you play indoor and outdoor? I did. Okay, so did. tell me about arena, just how the game is different. Oh, it's completely different. Yeah, tell me a little bit um, about that. At, arena is, is eight on eight. You know, so the field is is twice as small. Um, you're pretty much playing in a, in a hockey rink almost, but you got turf down, and you're playing with boards. 
and it hurts. <laughs> so you're you're not playing with turf shoes or with you're playing with turf shoes, but you're not playing with cleats or anything like that. Um, and there's a running motion. So the the whole game is completely different. Like you can't leave a box. You got to have like certain rushers and the whole nine yards. Like all the rules are completely different. Um, it's it's fun though that i will say and for a smaller player like me arena is probably better fitted for me to play than outdoor just struck out the fact that it's a lot harder for defenses to get to me um it's an offensive scoring game so you know it's nine out of ten your offense is going to score like 60 70 points a game just because it's easy you know Mm -hmm. I, i can run a fly score get the ball back turn around and do it again just because it's like feels only but so so big um but i will say the walls are undefeated (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the walls are undefeated man it's you you hit the wall it's, it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt what's the worst football injury you've had worst football injury might have been man uh probably breaking my hand i broke my hand my my senior year um high school and it was it was in 707 i didn't get hurt during the game um we both went up for the ball i caught it I caught it with one hand, and um, as I landed, he landed on my hand, and it shattered my knuckles. So I had um, I had a fractured middle finger, shattered my knuckles across, and I broke my like the knuckle to my my thumb. But it's funny because I didn't know it was broke for almost two weeks. So it was black and blue, and I'm still catching the football stuff like that with it. It hurt like hell, but it's like uh, you know, it's just a normal pain. It's it it'll go away. Nah, I never went away. <laughs> did you? Did you have to have a cast? Yeah, I had. A, I was in a cast for nine weeks. It, it was the most annoying thing ever. Trying to do anything, and then I worked at McDonald's at the time, so it's like I couldn't work out front. So they put me in the the thing called the pit, which is you're in drive through. So you're taking orders, and you're in the cold because it's during the winter time. So I got to open the <laughs> open the door, and it's my left hand. So I'm in a pit. You know, I got to turn all extra awkward and stuff like that. That was the most excruci- excruciating thing ever. Just like, man, it wasn't necessarily having the cast. It's the fact that I got to work mm-hmm. with this cast. I can't make food. I can't take orders. And it's like, all right, so I'm taking cast. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> so it, it sucked. But I, yeah, that might have been my worst one. My worst injury overall, like in history, had to be my hamstring. Yeah, that one. Because yeah. it lasts for so long, right? It yeah. Lingers. It, it lingers. It still bothers me today. Like I, I, I haven't sprinted 100% in almost eight years. CBD. Is that a popular injury in football? Yes. Well, he got it from track, but yeah, yeah it's a no, common it, it for both. Is, yeah. I, I would say your ACL and your MCL are probably like different ligaments are probably the most common just because we're, we're cutting and breaking so much. Your muscles aren't, they're not really built to cut and, and stuff like that as much as they are. So I, I would definitely say, you know, it is. So we've talked about the challenge of starting a team. We've talked yep. about semi-pro in the area. So let's talk a little bit about managing players. Ooh, managing <laughs> first of all how do you recruit uh, like are you recruiting like guys that are just graduating college like it, it's, what do you got it's tough you scout? It's, it's really tough man because it's like because i'm like the head scout i feel like a college scout sometimes man if i see that you play football or something like that i'm like hey or if i see you're athletic i'm just like hey you ever play football no all right you you think about trying out you know it's like different stuff like that so i i would say like my first year i sucked at recruiting i, I would tell you that straight up i had dudes that I, I played football with back in high school that were terrible but they played football so i just wanted numbers and those were the guys that were the first ones off the team so i was like damn it man like 
you guys are screwing me. <laughs> so second year I went and um I think my first year I, I did really good with getting the coach that I had. The coach that I had brought in like seven solid players and um three of them still play for me. So I had those um actually my that head coach actually came back as my defense coordinator now so he's brought in more players um so that following year it was like trying to bring in players was just having a, a meeting so you put out a broad statement i have a large following on facebook so i just put out a broad you know statement like listen this is what we're doing i'm starting a team i have my team i got this i got this put the uniforms out me I know for a fact I got the best uniforms in semi-pro. Yes, you can quote me on that. <laughs> ah, good agreement with Nike. Oh huh? yeah, man. I, I wish it was. If, if I get Nike, oh, we're on point. It's it's a little bit up there. They look like Nike, but they're up there. So, um, you know, I, I put that out, and then um, people came to the meeting and stuff like that, and then it's just word of mouth from there. So you recruit certain people that just keep putting bugs around, and you just keep going. Um, third year was pretty much the same thing. I hit a couple colleges up, like you hit MCC and Brockport, stuff like that. You get different people. This year, I don't have to do anything. I, I, because everybody's gonna talk, and there's only two teams on Rochester right now. Um, we don't know if the Rebels team is gonna be a real team. The Monroe County Sting are talking about folding, so it's just us and the Colonials right now, and that's how I want it. I want to keep it that way. Or two strong, teams. two strong teams, man. Because then you get all oh, the pool man. of players. <laughs> East and West, man, you you just keep it like that. There's there's no telling what we can do because it's now you have two owners that they don't tolerate the BS. And that's that's for one. Um, we got zero tolerance with that. Like I I can't do it. And this year I'm actually you know helping do a, a junior predators team on top of that. So you know there's there's kids gonna be at each game. I got sponsors at each game. I got I got guys like you you guys can come to a game or or two you know or all of them. <laughs> no, I will be supporting you. Oh, putting oh yeah, my affiliate. Like, oh yeah. We, see we we got to get some guys to the, to the game so you know if i got people that are coming to the games i can't have knuckleheads at the games that are, are you know um just on the sidelines and, and doing different things and stuff like that or cursing and swearing around the players or not the the kids and stuff like that i can't have that mm -hmm. so if i can't have that and drinking and all of that and I'm, I'm cutting it out like i can't have certain people i have to protect my brand so in order to protect my brand and protect myself i have to recruit the right amount of people and the right people at that so there was a few people that we had to turn away you know a few for a few years in a row um you know it it looks bad turning away people because it's like it's semi-pro I, I pay to play so it's like if I'm paying to play, I should be able to play wherever I want. Yeah, but, you know, not if you're an a-hole. <laughs> it's yeah. like I, I can't have certain things. You know, I, I like I said, I have to protect my brand. So in order to protect my brand, I got to do it that way. You know, some people don't like it, but some people also respect it the same way. It's a business at the end of the day. It's nothing personal. I, I may be cool with you after this, but mm -hmm. football-wise, sorry. I got to see you on the other side. You know, um, it is what it is. I like it. Yeah. Like it makes me want to go see his games more now. All right, Bob, we have a microphone that's working for you now, so fact fiction jury's still out. Well, I have a question. Oh, please, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, what, what, is a, <clears throat> what is their incentive to join the team? So we got multiple different incentives. So you got um, my head coach was my arena coach as well. So he's got different connects with different arena uh, just He has arena and CFL connects. So getting film from there – 
um, can, you know, ship to different people and stuff like that. Uh, so you got that that right there. Um, if you want to just – a lot of people just want to play football again. You know, a lot of people are out of high school, out of college, and they can't go anywhere past that. They just have a passion to play. So they, they come out and just and just play. Um, so, you know, you got that. Or there are some people that just like to be pretty and just say they play football. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, got, you got those guys. They're not always good, but you, you do got them. You know, you got them multiple of them so as long as they look pretty yeah as long as they look pretty <laughs> well, and how about this me uh, I, I try to be a pretty shepherd try try to help try to be pretty good out there but when i'm on a basketball court dude i'm a different dude see i'm sorry i'm a dick hey, you gotta be man i when i play basketball it's Sometimes about you gotta be. it's me you and you mano y mano and you are not gonna score on me and every time that i'm guarding you and you score on me i take it personal you know what they call sorry. that sorry what? They call that mama mentality. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Dude, you put me on a court mama and that's mentality. how I am at all times. So you also have guys like that. that oh, yeah. And and here's one of the things I've said. And you tell me as a young man, you you have a good perspective on things. All these anger people out here, they're missing something in their life. They're missing good sex. They're, they're adding too much alcohol and tobacco and it's negative, not enough mm-hmm. cannabis. Or they, they have negative uh, personality that driving poor relationships. So all the anger builds up in them and they have to send it out someplace. Right. So we all need a place to vent that anger. Me for me, I don't vent anger in the basketball court, but my competitive nature. And so I'm sure there's guys that just want to sign up for your team to get that angst out on someone one day a week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we practice uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays and then we got um, games on Saturdays. So, you know, they, three days a week, we just ask you to devote your time. You know, if you're, if you're paying to play and stuff like that, you you came to me. I I didn't really well, some people I came to, but in the most part, like you signed up, you know, and if you signed up, put your all into it. You know, that's that's my biggest thing. Like I'm not I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. I'm not gonna BS you. If you if you actually pay two hundred dollars, you got your equipment to play, why not be at practice? Why not devote yourself to be better? You know, hit the gym you better like you don't wanna be out of shape and get out there. Cause I'm telling you right now, there's there's guys that played, you know, I tell you, there's there's guys that played college ball and got kicked out of school. There's guys that should have been in college and, you know, should have been playing stuff like that, that stuff just didn't shake their way. Or, no, he had to work or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or, but you're or still a serious athlete. And then there's guys that, you know, went, they played in college, they just didn't get their fair shake on a pro team and they're home. They're back home. So, you, you know, you get a lot of those guys. You even get guys that play pro that, you know, just – never wanted to leave the city like there's there's probably i i got i got a guy that i call my brother named eddie jackson um if you look his brother up his name his brother's name is maurice jackson mo jackson i know mo jackson yeah marshall right yeah mo played for the buffalo bills so eddie his little brother went to marshall um but he didn't really go past that he played for the rochester raiders he played for different arena teams but he likes being home like he would rather be home and stuff like that he has his family the whole nine yards eddie hands down is probably the best receiver in rochester that hands down i will tell you that straight up he's probably one of the best athletes in rochester but it was just a player that you know didn't take it past semi-pro and or he he has he, he played in arena and stuff like that but you know he didn't go past that and Right now, you know, he he can still go. I, I personally believe he can perform in the NFL right now and play. 
I, I would put bread on it right now. I would put money on it that he can actually go there and perform at a high level. So you have multiple guys that are like that. Terrell Gano is the same way. So you have a lot of people that can play at the professional level and be better than some of the guys that are in the NFL right now. Some of the guys that are in the NFL right now are scrubs. Like, it's just who you know, honestly. Some of it, absolutely, yeah. yeah and, and if you can put, what, five minutes of tape together? Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's tough to get to get solid tape. You know, it's it's right right now. I scraped up <laughs> I, three years. I probably scraped up two minutes of tape, and it was just trying to get tape to go because it's not quality enough. You know, I've sent it out to arena teams, and they said the same thing: you're fast, you got good hands, and you know you're decent. Different things, but I just need more solid film. Like, can you give me game film? I sent them game film, and it's like, uh, what am I watching? You know, it's 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 terrible. So now I got to go to workouts and try out stuff like that to really give them that feel. So now it goes to where it's like, all right, if I'm competing with somebody that went to college to semi-pro, yeah, I might be better than him, but he went to college. So he's got that nod automatically, strictly off the fact that, okay, um, well, I know he's going to be on time because, well, he went to a program. I know he's going to be at meetings. Seven day a week, he's regimented. And and they don't know why you didn't or what, or if you're good. What, you got to look at your resume for your career. Exactly. Right? So, again, that's another reason that some players get passed off. You know, so it's like those players are playing semi-pro. You have a lot of those players. So you have really good players playing. And you got guys that just do it recreationally that just got off the couch and you know, wanted to go play ball. And and sometimes, in my eyes, you might want to go work out a little bit. <laughs> because Do you have to come down on him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they, Always. Do they give you, you a see the look on his face? Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes, I saw Always. your dad's look. Your dad's <laughs> no, look just like, came out on your face. Oh, yeah. If I met your dad right now, I'm sure he'd have that oh, look. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> definitely. He's got them business oh, yeah. look, boys. Because it's, it's like, you know, you got, you, you have to almost. You can't. I'm telling you right now, if I was to get on the field and you were to give me a half-ass, like if you were to go half-ass with anything that you do, I'm getting in you because I'm on the field too. So my thing is, if if it's something in football, all 11 have to do your 111th. If you don't, you you do something over, somebody can get hurt, period. If you if you miss a block, you miss a tackle, you you go too hard, you do too much, you somebody get hurt. So it's like, to me, everybody that's out there, you got to be focused. You got to play ball. And I'm not in it to just to lose games or just win a couple games here and there. I'm I'm trying to win a chip. So, like, if I'm trying to win a ring at the end of the season, I need everybody to be on their P's and Q's. And that's my number one thing this year. I've been forcing everybody in the gym, working out. I was just at the field yesterday. Like, I we, we – we're getting this going because I got to admit, a ring. Like, and they all respect you. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a young guy. Sometimes yeah. you know you get some. Look- you get some that that don't because I'm young. But then they see how I am. They see how I act and stuff like that. So it's like, all right, you know, he's not a normal 23 year old. I feel <laughs> like you're the hardest worker on the field. I won't say I'm the hardest worker. Um, I'm one of them. I I will say I'm one of them. I I don't like to be outside. So I'm going to be, I'm going to work just as hard as whoever the hardest worker is. That's, I'm going to be right there with them. That's just how I am. You know, I I can't, I don't, I don't want to look like the weak link. Right. You know, it's, I'm I'm like that with everything. I don't want to be the weak link with anything. And a lot of that, it comes from my dad. You know, he's like, He's he's always been hard on me when it comes to work stuff like that, and I got to be a reflection of him. So that's how I see it. If I'm the weak link, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm screwing my dad over. <laughs> That's a mature answer, son. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> gotta go with. We're a reflection of our families. Oh so yeah, our, always. Yeah, always. Yeah, big time. Whew. All right. So, what is the months of the season of your of your? Obviously, you train all year long. So, what's the months you actually play games? Games. This year is May. This year is May. We usually start the first week of June, um, and then we go from June. Shoot, we can go from June to now. You know, it 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 really changes. So it really gives you a long season to be able to add all those extra games to get exactly. to that national level, right? Is yep. that why you guys start so early? Yep. So so you play. So I would I would branch it off and say we have our meeting January twenty sixth to twenty seventh. On the twenty eighth, I can sign my first contract for anybody on their team. Once you sign the contract, unless you're released, you have to play for us that season cool so now you have february you have march you have april to have practices may comes around um you can start your preseason games you can start preseason games earlier than that but it's not recommended because obviously your team's not together unless you have the same exact players every single year you can't really start a our you know start preseason games most teams won't accept them so you you can say from may you're starting preseason games from june july and august you're having your regular season end of august beginning of september is your playoffs uh from there your playoffs are over about mid-september my birthday was september 10th we had a game so that was our second week of playoffs so our our final week of playoffs is, is the last you know give or so in, in september um so you got october november they have this thing called um bowl like bowl week pretty much so up here we have the harvest bowl um so they play in the harvest bowl where there's teams from new york there's teams all around like the whole new york state pennsylvania anybody can pretty much enter and they can play they haven't had a good showing in almost two seasons so they can play they can play in the harvest bowl um and do that which is it's pretty cool but it adds more games to your record so let's say you went undefeated in a season you went 13 and 0 cool you went 13 no let's say you went 15 you know you played two preseason games and you went 15 and 0 now in the harvest bowl you play a couple playoff games and then you play in the, in the actual bowl game cool so now you're an official 16 and 0 team and now you're getting a bid to florida so those top ranked teams are playing the national game nine times out of ten they're gonna play saturday night or they're playing sunday night down to florida and you can get a ring from there. So when you play, you order your ring and stuff like that. And that's your hardware. You get trophies, you get rings. So that's your hardware. That's to me in semi pro, that's that's the biggest thing, man. It's it's having a ring at the end of the year. And I love it. You see me a commitment, man. Yeah. You see me at Wegmans, I got a ring, you're gonna ask me about it. <laughs> that's out of ten. Heck yeah. You see a trophy ring, you're gonna ask me about it. So that's that's my biggest thing. It's, it's being able to show that at the end of the year. It's kinda like Super Bowl. It's our Super Bowl basically. I'm exhausted hearing him, right? And so far, we've talked about a third of his life because he's third. also a father <laughs> and he has a full-time job as he helps with his sister manage his semi-pro team. So yeah. what, what's your full-time job? Like, what do you do, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday? Or I, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit. I'm a biomedical technician. Um, I work for Fresenius Medical Care. Um, so I, I've been working there for the past four years. It's We work on dialysis machines. Um take care of pretty much all the water in the building and, and make sure everything works for our patients. No. It's an important job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got to make sure everything's on cue or that's, that's people's lives in, in hand, man. That's, it's very important. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, uh, on a daily basis, what makes you smile? Like, uh, is it, is it a 
like a to me it almost sounds like a very functional job like oh yeah i'm right? always moving every day is different there's never a day that's the same just just strictly off the fact that you know sometimes you get you know i i don't i'm not hands-on with the patients never so you know when i do see them you know it's i know how my life could be so I, that's kind of what makes me smile a little bit and it's just because it's like all right I, I'm pissed off, but I could be in a chair for four hours, you know, every day dialyzing, or I could be in a hospital bed and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it helps me smile a little bit other than seeing my daughter's face. Um, so, you, you know, it's, those are just the things that keep me going, especially at work. It's just like, I could be on the other side of this. So how do I prevent that? And how do you prevent that is eating better and, you know, make sure your body is right and stuff like that. Cause a lot of those, those patients in dialysis is kidney failure or you no know, drugs or they're not, you know, there's different things that are just failing on them and they're, they're they get their blood cleaned out. Your kidney works that way. It's cleaning your blood. So, you know, if you're not 100% there, you're going to end up in a dialysis chair somewhere that I don't want to be, you know, especially watching how miserable they are. Those patients are miserable, man. And a lot of them actually do smoke weed. <laughs> so to try to get happier. And guess what those are? The happier <laughs> happier patients, nine out of ten. Generally speaking, yeah. Whew, that's tough because patients in that environment, some are there because of genetics mm-hmm. or, or things that they can't control, but some people are there from their own misgivings. Right, so right. the genetics part is sad, man, because it's like you you it's not your fault you know and you get you get past that and stuff like that so you know a lot of people get their their different um transplants like they get kidney transplants stuff like that when they get that it's it's a blessing just especially when it works so you know they're they're out of that and they can function like a like a normal person because you got to think these guys are are coming to dialysis three maybe two to three times a week you know for four hours that's it's majority of your week you're in a dialysis chair, yeah. you know. So, I, like I said, I, I could be in that situation, and I I definitely don't want to. So, I'm glad to. That's one thing that can actually keep me going. So I, I make sure that all the machines are going and 100, percent so that way they can get their their blood clean and you know the water's working right and 100 percent the whole way through. So, I take a lot of pride in that. No, that's awesome. He understands the whole process of so what he does. People he works with, I'm sure he has good relationships, yeah. and he understands the tail end of it. I love that. that. For a young kid, you're ahead of the curve. I don't know if you realize that or not. Ah, I appreciate that. No, I, truly. I definitely yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Start te- teaching some of the other younger people your age, and that'd be great. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on there's it. There's a tender, there's a fine line between being on the soapbox and just having good conversations with friends, right? Like yeah. before they, you know, I'm not, sometimes I'm looked at as that guy in the soapbox, like enough, Brian, already. But then other times people appreciate the knowledge I'm giving. It depends on who you're with, the setting, mm-hmm. and you have to really be self-aware enough to know when that setting is and when you can be a certain way. Right, right. Like, right. I have a feeling you got it. You're getting that. Uh, so we talked a little about medical. So let's get to Bob. Bob did some research for the fact fiction. We'll give Tommy here a second, second to catch his breath <laughs> because this man at 23 years old, shit, I thought I was high achieving. This this dude's way ahead of what I was at his age, right? man. Where's he going to be at my age? I'm going to be like, holy smoke. I, <laughs> I thought I accomplished something. This dude's going to He's on the right track. That's oh. darn true. All right, what do you got, Bob? Give us some information. So we're back. 
about cannabis and exercise because I want Tommy to get some information. This is hopefully Bob pulled up some good information. I have a couple stories too, and we're going to maybe help him help his players say, Hey, use cannabis a little bit to help you with recovery. Maybe. All right. What do you got, Bob? All right. So I've, I've did, I did some research on the whole idea of should you be uh, smoking before a workout? And like I said, when I first started the idea, I'm thinking, no, because when I used to go hiking and I used to climb up these mountains, my lungs were killing me. But then I learned it's all about what you're actually involved in when it comes to cannabis. Uh, the smoking aspect might not be the good part that you're looking for if you're going to be doing a lot of hiking or climbing or stuff like that. But what I learned is that uh, cannabis is good for reducing inflammation. It eases uh, soreness and pain. It treats muscle spasms and improves sleep. Um, people might say, well, it takes away the REM a aspect of sleep. But if you need a restful sleep where you're not tossing and turning around, then this is where it will help for you. So you're getting that that long sleep that you need to re recoup and regenerate. Mm -hmm. Power recovery, yeah, absolutely. Right. I I've uh, I learned that something I would love to find if we can get more into there is this this four twenty games. Have you ever heard of four twenty games? Yes, actually, I just heard of them this year, and I cannot wait to uh, be a participant. I am very intrigued. I would love to go to an event and just see it is. From what I understand from the four twenty games, is they're they're not actually asking you to smoke right then and there they're promoting the the healthier aspects of the cannabis and they're not saying this is what we do we're just we're gonna all smoke and have a good time or edibles they're they're promoting the ha 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 healthy aspects of it of it um if we can get somebody on from the 420 we are games. gonna yes oh, oh that's oh. already my plan all right that all is right. so the, have you do you know what the 420 games I are? i don't i was about going to ask you <laughs> so so please tell to what what did you pull up on the 420 games okay the 420 games uh they're uh, uh, i had a good synopsis of them go ahead while he's pulling that up the 420 games is basically a uh, a yearly event Okay. That draws together people who regularly use the cannabis plant right. to compete, and they have a variety of competitions. So compete how? Like, is it like? Yeah, I, I believe there's track and field events. I believe I'm they have an event that. that's a, a four a four point two mile course. Oh, um, I don't know some of the other I'm games. Pull, yeah, I'll pull them up while he's as well. But right. uh, yes, so it's it's all cannabis related. Um, uh, I'm on the web page now, so I just wanted to. Oh, there's a tour, so it goes around. Looks like it goes around the country. There's events in uh, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Denver, Los Angeles uh, this year. Two oh, that was 2018. There was one in Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, Denver, San Francisco. Um, the, yeah, but it's all cannabis. So, so one of the things I'm going to read a story here while Bob's pulling that up uh, about cannabis and exercise. Uh, does getting high really help you go the distance? Marijuana and exercise don't seem like an obvious combination. The resulting high can have a sedative effect or sap motivation. That's maybe if you're smoking an indica versus a sativa. When it comes to smoking marijuana, you're much more likely to picture two dudes eating chips on a couch than a marathon runner. This is healthline.com. 
Roger Boyd, a long-distance cyclist in the UK, posts pictures of his travels, some 19,000 miles in the last two years, most of, most of which he's done while vaping. Among other places, the 37-year-old biked across Europe, India, Nepal, Australia, and New Zealand, all high. 19,000 miles high as a kite. I love it. Uh, here's his quote. I've always loved getting out of my bike and doing exercise while stoned. Boyd, Boyd told the Daily Star, there's a negative perception about people who use cannabis compared to those who use alcohol, but alcohol is way more harmful. There's an imbalance there. High-profile athletes, including Olympic gold medal swimmer Michael Phelps, NBA legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, have also admitted to using marijuana. And I also do know there's a group of former players, I believe it's led by Al Harrington, that is trying to get the NBA Players Association and the NBA to allow the use of cannabis. But I actually say this. There's a study that I saw that cannabis... THC increases in your bloodstream 15% during exercise. So I actually would have to say that maybe we don't want cannabis used by athletes because it actually is performance enhancing. Mm. If you think of it from that perspective. What do you got, Bob? 420 games. Mm. All right, 420 games. Mm. Uh, they have the 4.2-mile run, which uh, they say they, they go the extra mile because the – Normal run is 3.2 miles or five kilometers. Yeah, 5K. Um, they have the 420 yoga. That, that must be fun. They have BMX half pike show. They've got a skate contest. Um, Spartan race, I don't really... The Spartan race would be something with probably like 18 different obstacles over a three, four, okay. probably a 4.2 right. mile course, knowing the way this sounds already. You know, it's very 420 or, you know, centered. Um, but yeah, so these games are across the country, definitely cannabis related. Uh, another thing from, I just want to say about the health of the cannabis plant. <coughs> One negative, I've said it before, you can get chronic bronchitis. So if you're going to take in the plant, please make sure it's in safe ways. Maybe CBD, maybe THC, low doses of both might be best for you. So always sample. Uh, Tommy, in your life, do you see most of the people with THC, like cannabis, like actually smoking flour? Or you see more people switching among family friend or friends, like vaping? Are you seeing a change in the culture around you? Well, these days, I mean, everybody's been more so going with the vape. I've, I've been noticing a lot of people, but when it comes to my family and friends, they 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 smoking L's and stuff like that. So <laughs> I see more of that than I see smoking anything else. Um, you know, it's I I don't I, I don't know. I, I I do see a lot of people switching over to vapes though, and, and a lot of the people that I see smoking vapes was strictly out the fact that it's it's easier to to get away with, because you know they got those e cigs and stuff like that, so they're not really paying attention to it, um, as far as getting in trouble. But everybody that I know, they're they're smoking Dutches and stuff. So and and I've made uh, reference to this with the vapes, like you said. Think about this: uh, there is THC in every airport in the country. Wow. Think about that. Because everybody's vaping, right? Yeah. Nobody's getting stopped for anything. So I I don't do I don't do nicotine, but I have a vape on me when I travel. I've had a THC vape on me every airport I've been in for the last year. Which is it's easy to get around. 
Because <laughs> they're not going to pay attention to No, them. because what are they going to say? That's a vial. You have no packaging with you, right? So what if I tell them right then it's CBD, which is perfectly legal, legal under 0.4%. Um, so what are they going to do? They're going to tear it apart. They're going to test it. They're going to bring it to a lab while they're in TH, right. TSA screening. No. So everybody who has any kind of vaping going through airports right now, doesn't matter what you have. If you have a vape in your in your you're pretty much golden as long as you're not gonna carry like a you know, thirty vapes in your pocket or something. I'm sure they'll bust you for that. But. Oh, this just in TSA just flagged you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm the most relaxed, nicest guy traveling. They would definitely want me on planes. I'm the guy that helps relax <laughs> other people. I'm not the guy who starts trouble. Like I'm definitely the one definitely the one relaxing others yes i'm not the one that's being dragged off a plane because i'm vaping so what would you rather smoke would you rather vape or would you rather great question i've smoked a lot out of bongs in my life because i don't know i've always graduated gravitated to that because i don't like smoking joints or blunts so i've done a lot through water because i feel like the black stuff that gets pulled out into the by the water out is not in my lungs so i feel like i'm getting cleaner because when you smoke flour you're getting a lot of uh, pieces of that flower that's not THC into you. You know, you don't okay. want that stuff in you, you know, the biomass. Right. Um, so ultimately, I like vaping best now, but at the end of the day, before I go to bed, I want those two bong rips. Like, I want and, it. You know, that's, it that's, my, that's my feeling I've had and I enjoy my whole life. Um, but I'm definitely doing more vaping now. Um, I like a sativa because it's an uplifter. I don't like hybrids or indicas because they tend to uh, bring me down. Um, Bed, more fatigued yeah so that's bedtime thing exactly so my sativa during the day is what I do and I am high every time I play basketball and every time I'm on the ski slopes so like I will be spending four days at J Peak and Whiteface cool. we will be on, <laughs> in glades in places where probably there's maybe 10% of the population goes and I'll be high the whole time jumping off boulders and all sorts of stuff Man. I remember the first time you, you I met you and you were telling me about the story about, you know, you went to Lake Placid and stuff like that and then came back home and you're playing a soccer game. Man, I every time that I talk about the show or something like that with everybody, that was the first story that I brought up because I was like, y'all don't understand how you did it. <laughs> like I was like, I, I personally couldn't do it. I, I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm <laughs> glad that I could. And if cannabis helped me with that, I, and I got to imagine it has to be the, because of the equation because I was in a car with someone else who did the Ironman. And the story he's referencing is when I did the Ironman in 2011. The next day I woke up very early in the morning, uh, drove back to Rochester and played in a soccer game that night with my son and all his friends. Uh, and they were 12, 13 years old, you know, in the heart of their soccer skills. And I whooped them up playing center mid the day after an Ironman. Like... <laughs> Uh, cannabis is the only thing I could relate it to because the other uh, uh, couple other Ironmen that I trained with that next day, there was no way they were playing soccer. And I was the only one who smoked out of all of them. So that's the only difference between me and them. I'm, I, I don't know, man. I, I've always been, it's funny because I was literally always against smoking. Like that was 100% me. It was just like, nah, I'm good. Like I, I can't do it. I mean, you, you catch me every once, like I said before, you know, you catch me every once in a while and smoke and stuff like that. But. I don't know. We went to Canada <laughs> this past summer. We went to Canada. <laughs> I had a I had a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We went and um, you know, as it was me, uh, my ex, my my sister, and uh, her fiance. We went out, and um, man, we got we got high as a kite. Like it, it was fun because we went and uh, we went to this to the smoke shop that they had there. And um, first question he asked, he just walked up. He said, like, "What do you got?" I said, "Huh?" And he was like, "What do you got?" 
what do you mean what do i got and he was like you gotta have something and he showed me a piece of paper and he was like just just check something off so i was like oh i got got coma <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> so we, we went into the, we went into the room and as soon as you go into the room everything is there so i'm like Oh, cool. So, you know, everybody's just, you know, everybody's in there. They're all smoking and they wrapping stuff up. Now, I'm the only non-smoker walking in the room. So I'm like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. So they had joint papers on the paper. Everybody's rolling up stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. So I was like, give me some of that, some of that, some of that. So I got something, um, I think it was like Blue Haze or something like that, or Blue Magic or, or something, something blue. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> So I, I got that. So I got like three bags of that, and it all came up to like thirty dollars. And um, that's good. Yeah, it, it, it was. Grams, yeah, yeah it, it was. It was all right. So um, now my my sister's fiance is, is one of my best friends. So he's been smoking for years. So he goes on and he gets uh he got a dab out of the the bunk. So <laughs> he got one. He got a hit. And then my sister went and got a hit. Now they coughing. So I'm like, all right, whatever they got, I kind of want. So I'm like, they, they look like they about to die. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I'm like, that, that look good. All right, cool. So they was like, do you want to clear it out? I don't know what that means. So I'm going to do it. So, you know, I, I went, did it or whatever. Man, I was high from 3 o'clock <laughs> until like 8, 9 o'clock that night. We were gone. Like we walking around the mall and high as a kite, tired. Oh, Canada. Yeah, we're in Canada. So we at the what was the center? What's the center out there? And um, Canada Center. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. It was one of the centers. We're out there, and man, listen. I when I tell you, I've never been that high. I I don't know if I want to again, <laughs> but I'm not sure. That I'm not gonna say no. But it, it it was fun though, man. It, it we had a good time out there. It was is it only sucked because we smoked so early that our whole day <laughs> was kind of ruined by it because we were so high. Yeah. But like I said, I, I don't... Because you got higher than, than you wanted. Yeah. Bit, well, we, we smoked, you know, we smoked a few a few joints or whatever because the dab didn't hit us right away. It, you know, it's a couple of, cu- of coughs or whatever. And then we were walking. As we took that walk, we smoked like three or four joints and then the dab hit and then the joints hit. And I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> <laughs> so, Big smile on your so face. So I'm, I'm drunk, or I'm drunk. I'm high. Uh, everybody else high, and we just walking. And I'm like, "All right, yeah, we gotta go back." <laughs> so we, we, we live. Well, we were, um, we had an Airbnb uh, about, I want to say about an hour away. So we had, we had to take the drive back. So we were trying to kill it off and stuff like that. And um, man, it, it was fun. I, that, that I would say, it, it was pretty fun. The whole time he's telling the story, that smile was because <laughs> right. it's it's just funny because the whole time that we were there, man, I, it's it's the more that I tell the story, everybody's looking at me like, dude, you don't you don't smoke, so it's like that sounds hilarious. I don't. That's one thing I won't. I don't smoke at yeah. all. I smoke every once in a while, but that that day, man, I was lit. <laughs> it's, it's a story for the lifetime. Oh, I was I like lit. It. I was gone. I I well, was da- gone. dabbing is the purest form, so that is like oh, yeah. it gets you. Oh yeah, when you dab, that that hits you left and right. All right, so I got to ask you about uh, fatherhood. So do you fatherhood. Have, yeah, you have a daughter. Is that what you said? Yeah, I got a daughter and I got a stepson. Okay. So uh, my stepson, man, he's 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 just like my son. I don't I don't really you know I only say stepson just 
because you, you got to explain it, you right? Qualify, you know, <laughs> right. You're good, that's, yeah. That's my son. Talk um, about, yeah, talk, how old um, are they? Like he's He just turned four. I love him to death. And then um, my daughter will be one in February, so she's getting big as hell. It's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's crazy as ever, but I love it because it's like it changed me who I am, you know. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was pretty bad. Um, I had, a, I had a lot of, uh, bad choices that I used to make just to females in general and doing different things, stuff like that. And I think it's kind of karma that I got my daughter to be completely honest with you. Um, so, you know, it's, it's funny now because it's like, all right, I look at things in a different light now, you know, it's like how I used to treat females, stuff like that, how I didn't really care. And I used to talk like four or five at the same time and stuff like that. Mm, things that I don't do anymore. It's also like, mm, nah, it's, I don't want my daughter to end up with somebody that I was, you know what I mean? So I want to teach her the right. And now it's like, you know, just seeing her face, she's a spitting image of me. So it's like, you look at her and it's just, man, me as a girl version, as a baby is, uh, yeah, I'm adorable. No, I'm just kidding. But, awesome. <laughs> but she's, no, I, I love her to death, man. It's, it's, it's pretty cool just being a dad because it, it, it really changes the perspective and stuff. Like, I was an angry person before, man. I won't lie. This, yeah, I was accomplished for different things, but a lot of stuff pissed me off really fast. I was just always that person. And then, of course, out of the group, I was a fighter. So it was like, <laughs> it's you pissed me off out of something I was trying to fight you. So now it's like I'm not that person at all. It's I'm the person breaking up stuff. It's like I'm the person getting away from that. Like, nah, let's calm down. Let's let's chill. And and a lot of it is because it's like I gotta return home. So I gotta go back. I'm going home to my daughter. I'm not staying around and in this day and age, people aren't fighting there, fair. <laughs> people are, are fighting for keeps. They're trying to kill you. So it's like, you know, high school days are over. You know, that's high school. You can get away. You get slapped on the wrist with different things. The older you get, you're not, you're, you're going away for keeps. You're either going away to jail or you're, you're dead. So, you know, a lot of my family on, on um, my dad's side is they have a bad history of different things. So it's like, um, I try to try to be there for, for both of the kids and try to show them a role model that, you know, my dad was a role model to myself. So it was like, a lot of different things I have to try to portray differently. So I want to make sure that it's like everything that I'm doing, um, I want to make sure that my daughter can can look back at me and be proud of, you know. So that's the number one thing. I, I don't want to be that guy that, you know, my daughter's looking at like, well, my dad was a bum or my dad was this, my dad was that. Nah, she's going to be proud of me, everything that she does. You know what I mean? So that's just like you thing. are of your father exactly number one thing you know i'm i'm very proud of where i come from it's both parents both my parents are successful with what they're doing they love what they're doing they're, they're working really hard at what they're doing so you know it's number one thing is is trying to mirror that and I, like i said I, I learned a lot from my father myself my biggest role model was him and then my, my second role model would probably be my mom and then my sister you know I ride a lot on them because they work really hard at what they do. And my parents put both of us in positions to where we could actually thrive to be great, you know? So that's, that's our biggest thing. So, you know, I, I'm the youngest, so I'm, I'm looking up to everybody else. So I'm looking up to what my sister is doing right now. You know, it's like, all right, she's got this cool. I'm out of work towards that, <laughs> you know? So it's like, she's at a position in her life that, you know, I want to get to, you know, she's about to get ready and get married. She has her kid. They just, my daughter and my niece are nine days apart. 
literally oh, nine awesome. days. It's, oh, it's they're going to be best friends going It's crazy. Up, so, you know, cool. like I said, and then, of course, the guy she's with is my best friend. So, you know, he, he's an a-hole. But <laughs> it is what it is. So, you know, um... So it's like you know, that's when you I, know they're your best friend. Yeah, man. When it's you like, call yo, you was too close to my dog or sister. I should have known better, man. You you too close. Uh, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't put that barrier up, brother. You're yeah. too busy being angry. Yeah, man. <laughs> y'all 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 got a little bit too close, man. But nah, it's it's, it's good though. I, I'd rather keep him in the family. Heck anyway, yeah. So. It's got to be someone you trust, right? Exactly. I mean, he's probably one of the people that I actually trust. So you know, and, and it comes to that, I still hate him to death. But it is what it is. Hate so I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig into something you just said real quick. What's up? So. My cousin and I, we talk a lot about personalities and how people can change mm-hmm. and can't change. But from the story you just told, I can tell right now sitting in the room with you, your personality is not who you were when you're the angry man that you described. No, no. So what years were you the angry man? Like how age range, right? And maybe you can help other parents understand someone like you um, who are in your position. So let me finish oh, real quick. There's a difference between someone whose personality is hard to change and they're going to be that angry young man forever that's always going to battle that. And mm-hmm. there's a person who gets themselves just in a bad place for a short time but are someone deep down different. Does that um, make sense? Yeah. It, you're, it wasn't deep down. You just got angry for however long you're going to tell me. But go well, ahead. Well, mine mine was more so because it was like, you know, once I had a, I had a tough patch in my life where um, my uncle had passed away. So when my uncle passed away, he was like the bread and butter of my family. Um, so when he passed away, it was really tough on everybody. Um, and then my parents split up. So when they split, this was like I was in the seventh grade. So I was still kind of young, seeing it all and stuff like that. And um, at that age, I almost knew too much. My dad wasn't doing right and stuff like that. And he knows, you know, he he told me about it and like I said it was it was a, a path that I said that I didn't want to take and I ended up taking so it was a lot of the stuff that was around that time um it was more so for attention I had to be completely honest with you I was, I was doing a lot of attention seeking so I was always in trouble um and it was just like I didn't care you know what I mean it, it was and it, it was tough because it was like a lot of that bridged off of that and then um at the time you know my dad ended up uh, having a girlfriend, stuff like that. So she started coming around, which is now my stepmom. Um, I couldn't stand her for years. And and a lot of it was because, you know, I, I thought that she was the cause of my parents splitting up. Of course, yeah. So being around her every day, you know, that's a lot of where my anger came from. It was like, you know what? I hate her. Don't want to be around her. Nah, I'm good. And, you know, the older I got, it was like, ah, that wasn't the case, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of that was that. And then, you know, after my daughter, my dad and I sat and talked a lot and then um, our relationship grown has grown a lot. Uh, my my parents relationship in general with each other um, wasn't great growing up because they were always fighting and stuff. So it was like, you know, you see all of that and you see a lot of anger around and everybody's mad about different things. And it was just like. It, it kind of laid on me a lot. So I was always mad at something. And then um, just just in general, I was just always mad, you know, and it was it was weird as hell because it was like I wasn't. I wasn't in a spot that I wanted to be in, you know, so it was it was always depression and anger and stuff like that. So I got through a lot of that over the years and 
like I said, February 13th <laughs> last year, a lot of that changed. You know, seeing my daughter for the first time, it everything really, really hit. You know, it was getting better, but everything hit exactly when she was born. And you know, my life completely changed. You know, once I found out she, I was I was actually expecting a kid, my life changed. You know, um, I did different different things at that time. You know, I tried to work and get a get a promotion and stuff like that. Um, so I got that and started working differently on how I do different things and how I approach different things and stuff like that. And then she was here, everything changed. Everything clicked in, in, in motion. Everything was, was like that. It's got to change. So that's just how it is now. You know, my anger's a lot better. I just, I look at things now. It's like, if I get mad at something, I walk away. I, I get mad if I'm on the phone, I hang up walk away so that's just is it tough for your family and friends have known you one way and then see you now uh understand how you react to things now or has it been a slow process i don't know do they cringe still in certain situations like how's he gonna react and then all of a sudden you come out are you you past that now honestly i'm I'm way past that um i think the only people that probably look at it that way probably be my sister and she was like, mm, he gonna, he might slap you. She knows you best. But honestly, like between her and, and my daughter's mom, probably be the only ones that do it. But you know, all of us have changed once once the kids have, have came in. It's like all that stuff has changed a lot. So uh, I don't know. I, I would say we've all calmed down a lot. You know, so it's 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 been a change a lot, and it's helped. I, I'd say that I'm not around the people that I used to be around with. Um, guys that used to get me in trouble and stuff like that all the time or getting me cursed out for, for dumb reasons. I don't really hang out with them anymore. Uh, so I'm, I'm more so to myself now these days. So if they do see a change, it's, it's a change just because they think I grew up. I mean, it's, it's more than that. I was that, you know, I was either in trouble, I was that goofball, or when I got drunk, I'm always dancing, which I still am. But it's like I was just always the goofball, but I had a, a, a quick trigger and I was always pissed. So it was like it's it's weird. weird mix, yeah, yeah it, it was it was always a bipolar thing with me, and it was like eh, I just got over it. And now that part just stripped away. Yeah, it's gone. So it's not a bipolar thing. It was just a, a couple bad things that happened. Now you've resolved them in your head, right? And you move forward. Like, all right, life is good. We're we're going forward. Exactly. So now it's now it's just it's business time. So it's it's getting this team together, getting that in the right path. It's it's getting this career together and and living life with my daughter. So. I love, uh, so that's my next question. What is next? So 23, you're a, a owner of a semi-pro football team. You have a good career going. You have kids. Uh, what is next for Tommy? Aha. What's next is getting this chip, man. It's, it's getting this championship. It's, it's, it's that, but um, I don't know, man. I, I live day, you know, I live it day to day. You know, everything is different. I don't try to, I used to, like where I used to put everything in, in motion and with goals and stuff like that. And over the past couple of months, I found out the more that I set goals for myself, the more I try to fight myself on exceeding them. And I don't know why. It's just I've always been like that. It's like, all right, I'm going to get a, a house by this time. Okay, maybe I don't want a house anymore. Maybe I want a townhouse. Maybe I want this. So I, I just live it day to day now where it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Whatever happens next, I'm going to make sure it's great. So um, the closest goal that I can say to you right now is to work and try to get this chip in you know, on Saturday when I go down to Florida. And after that, whatever happens, happens, you know. Um, 
pretty much trying to stay out of trouble is my number one thing. Okay. <laughs> I think you're like, doing just fine with that. Yeah, right? it sounds the, like exactly yeah, that. It's the, that's the best goal that I could probably give is staying out of trouble and winning the championship and then, you know, bring that energy back to my team so that we could do the same thing. Um, that's now, what's the social media sites? So where can everybody find it? all the information to, to locate your team and to follow you guys this year? We're um, the Upstate Predators on Facebook right now. We're getting our website back up. We had it last year. I didn't like how it was going. Um, I, I have a really bad OCD. If it's something that I feel like I can't click on and really like grab my attention, then nobody else is going to pay attention to it. So we got to get that back up ASAP. Um, and, you know, that's number one thing. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook, the Upset Predators. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can follow my Facebook or they come to my Facebook at Tommy Love. So I'll be on there. I'm probably going to get back on Twitter soon, too. I, w- I want to try to become a famous person. So, you know, it's like, ah. <laughs> got to do it like celebrities. That's right. You got to keep that social media going, right? Exactly. Isn't that the role? Like, you got to constantly be on your Instagram, constantly just post, post, post. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Always on there. And that's a, a key reason why a lot of people are mad because I'm always on my phone. So I'm trying not to be as much. That's why I got on my hand like this. <laughs> trying not to be on He it. was very good in this interview. He didn't pick it up till later on. I actually <laughs> think his attention span was about 50 minutes before he picked up the phone, everybody. That's just pretty good for See, a 23 year old. So a, I want to. That's say. crazy. And, and maybe he actually was enthralled with the conversation a little bit. That's why we held him off. But. Oh, no, nah, no. Nah, I was 100% in. I, oh, no, I he enjoyed is. it. I enjoyed it. No, this is good. So uh, real quick, so you can help me pass my message. Bob and Justin, I want you guys to know as well, right now at Hempletics.com, our gear is up for sale. We have t-shirts and we have sweatshirts up. We will have bumper stickers up soon, but at Hempletics.com. Now the cart is officially open. We are nice. up for business. So, Congratulations. I'll yeah. be wearing it for pregame. Please, please. Nice. So I got we, you. Yeah, so we are, um, basically I want to tell people why I'm doing apparel. It is to fund this pro- podcast, my initial investment in it. Once I get to the point where I'm past paying for the podcast, I will be finding a local organization to be submitting that money to nonprofit. Um, so that is the plan. So everybody knows where those profits are going. So there's no questions. It is totally just to pay for this time and space on iTunes and Podbean and in Justin's studio here, which has been a phenomenal here 18 weeks in. So what advice would you give as a 23 year old that went through the angry phase that is now in a very refreshing father entrepreneurial phase? What advice would you give to people in their young 20s because I agree well Moko you went through which is a great you're tr- learning a trade mm-hmm. you didn't go through the college route and you're very successful right now he's got a sweet ride out in the driveway right <laughs> now folks all right so please give some advice to others uh just keep working for your goals man it's it's or just well, I can't really say goals because I don't really follow those so I can't really say that so my number one thing would be just man, just keep working honestly um and don't give up with anything that you do like I, it was plenty of times where I was going to give up and I was going to say screw it and every time that I said that I ended up holding myself back more and more so it's like if you got your your eyes set on something jump in and go do it you know so I'm going to have to start living more to that as well. Um, That's the number one thing. But a lot of it is just keep going because it's like anything can happen and at any moment. So if you if you keep holding back, then you're never going to get to where you potentially think that you can be at at 18 or 17. I would never view myself as being here. I I thought I was to be working in a body shop, painting cars, stuff like that. Never would have thought that I've been working or I am. I never would have thought I would have a kid right now, to be completely honest with you. I, I didn't think I was going to have a kid until at least I was 30. So um, it's, it's different things that, you know, if you're not going to view yourself as as doing, but if it's an uncomfortable situation, 
try to get yourself in it and try to make it comfortable. So the most uncomfortable situations are probably what builds you the most. So that's pretty much it. You ask questions about how to start a semi-pro football team from scratch. I mean, wasn't that scary? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I'm, uh, I hate failure. I hate losing. So I, I felt like it was a potential. It was a huge potential that, you know, it could crash and burn. And here I am going four years in, five years in, then, you know, I'm still here. So I don't plan on crashing and burning time. I, I want to be able to get out because I want to get out, you know, and it's, it's one of those things. But I was always scared of failure. And you can't be scared of fail, man. If you if you you fail, you, you know how to succeed from there. So you have to lose in order to be able to gain and win. Amen to that. I totally agree. So, by the way, when he started that summer for football team, if anybody didn't put the math together yet, he was painting cars at a local body shop. There was. And and what I'm sure you didn't know how much it was going to cost to invest in the team oh, or no, anything. Not at like, all. We're talking about pads and football helmets and all this other stuff. And this kid's painting cars in an auto body shop. Yeah. Yep. Right? Like, <laughs> yep. Trying to put it in perspective for people that that are afraid to try something new. Oh yeah, you, right? if if it's new and and you haven't tried it, go ahead and do it. Just like um me getting back on the snowboard. Oh, we're gonna talk about that. Oh, I'm gonna get on the snowboard. You are gonna get it. <laughs> so Swain has a dollar day in March, I believe, or February, that where you pay a buck. Okay. And so basically, you go down there and it's the rental fee and the fee for your lesson, and you can and spend the day and just, just spend it. do what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, that's and, one thing. I'm I'm gonna get on it. And, and on if it. you seriously are gonna go out there for that day, I would come out there. Just I'll throw my snowboard and hang out with you and, yeah, and have some fun. Yeah. No, I, I love bringing new people to the mountain because I I feel like it's the only way to enjoy winter. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, you know, you get kind of stir crazy, right? Right. So. Normally, I hate the cold, but I'm I'm down. I, like I said, I, I want to try new stuff, so it's I'm I'm pretty down. So, Bob, to you, anything for the fact fiction jury still out? Any other facts that you researched that you want to provide for us to prove to uh, our listeners? Because it's already proved to me that cannabis and exercise work well together. Yeah. After doing research, I definitely had a different tone as to whether or not you should be smoking. Uh, only for the fact that it, it helps with the pain. It, uh, it's eases the sensor, uh, what's that? The soreness in the pain treats muscle spasms. I, I mean, I, I love all those positive aspects that, uh, cannabis can do for you. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Bob, but you'd still have to, you know, know what you're doing. It's picking the right amount for your body. For most people, it could be just simply CBD, which doesn't test positive on drug tests, uh, or a little bit of THC or heavy THC, like is what I prefer. But for whatever it is, find it, put it in your life, and hopefully it will help you improve as an athlete. In regards to the CBD, did you know that it was recently removed from banned substances in 2018 by the World Anti-Doping Agency? Due to its healing process and helps with the, uh, I can't even read my own writing. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just Shocker. helps. But all I know is the anti-doping agency has finally stepped into the world of, of reality to say, hey, we need to let athletes take this stuff in to help with recovery. It, right. is, it is huge. So if they've so. banned it, they, they must believe in it. That's right. That's right. Amen. All right. Enough with episode 18. Thank you, Tommy, for joining us. I hope you appreciate it as much as we did. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you having me. It was yeah. a pleasure. You're a good man, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to telling everybody about you. No, I, I definitely appreciate it. All right, boys. Here we are. Let's have a good beginning of 2019. Okay. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>